Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and I'm so glad to meet Shane Winnings for the first time. He's a formal, uh, former Army Special Forces officer and police officer. And I just want you to know, Shane, I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, I've heard that one before. Oh, no. So I hope you uh, trust me. Uh, we've got a wonderful hour planned. We're going to talk about your book, Your Next Leap of Faith, How to Hear God's Voice and Boldly Follow. I love the title, and the minute I saw it, my producer Wyatt handed me this, and I said, yep, let's talk to Shane. And then I saw that Ken Harrison liked it as well, and I thought, now I really want to talk to Shane. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I love Ken, love Promise Keepers, very thankful to be uh, affiliated with that organization. Yeah, so you've got a very interesting story. You you, you really grew up in the church, so you, you've, you've been around Jesus your whole life, and now you're 25 years old, and you get this call on your life from God. Tell us what that was all about. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like it was the normal, you know, Christian household of attending church on Sundays. And we went to youth group midweek. And uh, I even went to Awanas, which, if you know, anyone doesn't know what that is back in the day. I don't know if they still do it, but you go uh, during the week it's like elementary school and I think maybe even junior high age and you memorize Bible verses yeah. and you kind of work through, you know, booklets and stuff and you get awards, but then there's competitions. And, uh, I was a two time state champion at like seven and eight years old for memorizing <laughs> yeah. Bible verses. So it's like, I had this word in my heart from a young age, yeah. but I didn't have a revelation, you know, like, I had an intellectual belief of everything the preacher said and what the Bible says is true, but like I never really was taught about the Holy Spirit and being filled and walking in power and like, you know, you you can't do the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. No. And so void of that kind of teaching and revelation, and and again, you know, where I grew up, very, uh, I grew up first Baptist. And then I grew up kind of non-denominational, which we didn't see any miracles ever. Mm -hmm. You know, it just wasn't wasn't part of the deal. And so, you know, when you're not seeing the power of God, church is just something you should do. The Bible is something you should read because you believe, you know, what you say you believe. And so the, the result of that is being able to live for 18 years growing up in the church. And then as soon as I get to college... I'm going to drinking parties, I'm sleeping around, mm-hmm. I'm doing what everyone else is doing. But everyone else that I'm hanging out with is also a Christian because isn't everybody. So um, that just kind of started a seven-year cycle of living just like everybody else. Even when I was on a a worship team for a mega church, many people that I was surrounded with we're just doing, you know, these kind of things. We we didn't think it was horrific because, hey, we're not doing drugs. Yeah. We're not out here committing crimes. 
It's just a little alcohol. It's just, you know, having my girlfriend stay the night. And the Bible teaches that when you compare yourself among yourself, you are unwise. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and, uh, but you don't know what you, you don't know. And when you're deceived, the worst part is you don't know you're deceived. Yeah. And so I have this encounter with God and I won't spoil it all because, you know, it's in the book and I, I tried to describe it as best I can. So I want to leave a little cliffhanger for people, but God basically called me out and he said, you've, and I had a thought, I didn't hear his voice, but I had a thought directed at me and I never knew that God could speak. I never had a grid for it, but I had a thought that was directed at me and it was Shane, you have never lived for me one day in your whole life. Whoa. And I instantly was convicted of all of my pride, all of my sin, everything. And I felt the weight of that for a minute. And it was so heavy. And then I felt the love of God. Um, and I, I gave my life to him on my bed, January 23rd, 2016. And the last seven and a half years, almost eight years have just been unbelievable, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Well, Shane Winnings is my guest. If you just joined the program, his book is Your Next Leap of Faith, How to Hear God's Voice and Boldly Follow. So let's talk about those pivotal 19 days, because uh, in that yeah. short span of 19 days, you pretty much gave up the life you had to become somebody working and serving for the Lord without a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was kind of a crazy moment in my life. So what happened, you know, after I gave my life to Jesus, I was leaving the military and I was wanting to stay local. I was in Tacoma, Washington. And so I, you know, I was like, okay, I'll be a cop. And I find myself in the police academy, newly born again, preaching on the streets every day, preaching <laughs> on Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God, I don't want to be a cop. I want to be a preacher. And I was almost like upset that I was in the police academy because I'm working towards this goal. Everyone has this dream to be a cop. It wasn't my dream. It just made sense at the time. I'm like, I feel like my new dream is to be a preacher, but I'm on this pipeline to be a cop. And the Lord just told me, just be faithful where you're at. No one's stopping you from preaching online and in the street. And so I said, okay. And I did that for five years. Um, three years in, when the lockdowns hit, and we were in, you know, south of Seattle, so the lockdowns were super strict. Yes. Um, no one was going anywhere. So I started preaching on TikTok because I had a couple of friends who were doing it, and they were growing like crazy. And I think I gained 20,000 followers in the first month, and then within six months, it was half a million followers on TikTok from preaching the gospel. Wow. And so over the next year— I was preaching live every week. I had thousands of people watching my lives um, on TikTok Live and Instagram Live where I would preach the gospel and then I would pray for miracles and stuff like that. And we would see people testify in the comments, hey, I just got healed. And we had medically verified miracles. People went to the doctor. I mean, it was crazy. And I'm still preaching in the street and I'm working at night in one of the most dangerous cities in the country. And um, it, it felt like I had two full-time jobs. And so one day it came to a head. I said, Lord, I, I need you to speak because I feel like I have two full-time jobs and I don't want to slack on either one of them. And um, I had a, a radical encounter again with the Lord where he spoke to me, showed me a vision of myself being a missionary to America. And I just began to weep. And I told my wife about the vision. 
we prayed, you know, because we're one. So I might hear God, but she needs to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And we both felt peace about it. And so instantly I sent my lieutenant a message and said, hey, I'm, I'm putting my two weeks in. I'm going to go be a missionary. We put our house up for sale. And within 19 days of God speaking to me, we had sold our house. I had quit my job and we had moved across the country to pursue full-time ministry with no donor support lined up. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, But when God speaks, I want him to know that I will listen. So I just obeyed right away. And my wife was pregnant at the time too, which just adds to the like, Oh my gosh, we're leaving six figure salary and benefits (laughs) pregnant for nothing, but God is faithful. And within less than three weeks, we were fully funded as a family. And honestly, I can say that we've never struggled with our finances um, in that area. It's, it's, it's been a real miracle. Yeah. I would say, Shane, you weren't leaving for nothing. You were leaving for everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the temptation is you know, it, th- when people read this and maybe you hear this and you're like, that sounds amazing. I want to quit my job. It's not as glamorous as it sounds on the back end, no. because I can't, I can't accurately describe what it's like when the house is up for sale, when you have quit your job and you don't have any donors at that moment, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing guaranteed. Yeah. You're just going on a word of the Lord, but to teach through this, my wife and I settled in our hearts. We said, look, the worst case scenario is we're going to end up broken, homeless, but we did it in faith. Mm-hmm. And I feel confident standing before the Lord saying, God, I know we ended up broken, homeless, but I thought I heard your voice. And so I wanted you to know I was trying to be obedient. Mm-hmm. And what, what father's going to get mad at their kid who thinks they heard them? Right. You know? Right. So Shane, like, let's say one is next to no of fear and anxiety and 10 is like the highest amount of fear and anxiety. When you're making this decision, house is up for sale. You've cleaned out your garage because the house has got to show well, right? So you're putting everything on the line. You're going, I don't know what's ahead. Tell me on a scale of one to 10 where your fear and anxiety is and how did you press through that? You know what? Um, I think in the natural, it should have been a nine or a 10. Okay. You know, I would you think can, so. I could, I can, I could feel the temptation to have all of those questions. What if this, what if it doesn't work out? What if someone, but, but um, you know, one through my military experience, through my time as a cop, which like I said, the city I worked in was crazy dangerous. I also share in the book about a time I was almost murdered as a cop. Things that I was exposed to my fear tolerance is in insanely high. My anxiety tolerance is insanely high. Um, I think the Lord just wired me this way. I like that. But it's different when you've got a wife and now a kid on the way that you are thinking about. And so the enemy and your own natural natural thoughts will try to, you know, get you spun up about all of these possibilities. And what was awesome is I had a supernatural peace. My wife, Jessica, and I we experienced what the Bible talks about, a peace that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in this place of household, job quit, and you don't have any donors lined up, maybe one family member for 150 a month, you know, how many bills is that going to cover? Um, you shouldn't have peace, just naturally. You should not. Where? How are we going to pay for the baby? How are we, how are we going to rent a place? How are we going to... Mo- you shouldn't have peace. Mm-hmm. But when you are following a word of the Lord... 
The Bible is true. God is faithful to his word, and we experienced a radical supernatural peace, and we did not have one ounce of anxiety during that whole transition. That's crazy. So, Shane. It was crazy. Yeah, I already have a question coming in from a, a faith family member that says, what was hearing his voice like in detail, Shane? Okay. Let's hear it. Yeah. Um, so I've experienced multiple times of hearing God, and I, I like to teach about how to hear God, but it, it it happened in different ways. So the call of God for me to leave uh, the police force to become a full-time missionary happened like this. I was on an airplane. I was flying from some event that I went to, and randomly in the middle of the flight, I was filled with terrible anxiety. And like, I never have anxiety. I mean, I've kicked doors in. I've been in radical situations. I didn't have anxiety. So I knew this was abnormal. And I tried to pray. I could, my mind was scrambled. Like, do any of you know what I'm talking about here listening? Your mind is just racing. So it's like, I, all I could think to do was pray in tongues. I said, Lord, I can't even, I can't even unscramble my brain. I'm just going to pray in tongues. I prayed in tongues for about two minutes, just under my breath, barely loud enough to hear myself. I mean, I'm on a plane. I'm not ashamed, but I'm not trying to draw attention. And about two minutes later, I instantly have this like open vision where I can see as if I'm looking at a screen, I see myself on street corners in America preaching the gospel. And I knew in my spirit that I was doing it full time. And as soon as I saw that, I even feel the Lord now just remembering that moment, I began to weep uncontrollably on the plane, like uncontrollably. And also, you can ask my wife, I'm not a big crier. I've just, I've seen a lot, you know, I'm asking the Lord to make my heart more tender towards things, but I just don't cry a lot. I'm weeping on this plane, loud. And I knew, okay, God has done something. He's shown me something. I need to pursue this. Mm -hmm. And again, presented it to my wife. We both prayed. We both had peace about it. And we went forward. You know, we just said, Lord, we think this is you. We believe it's you. It sounds like you. It's in line with your word. We're going for it. Um, you know, quickly to answer another time when I heard God speak to me the night that I got called out by him for being a hypocrite. Again, I was sitting on my bed. A friend from church had just called me out for being a hypocrite while we were at dinner. Uh, which was really exciting. And um, so I get home and I'm sitting on my bed and I'm just feeling like so many feelings. And then I, I get interrupted by this thought. It just comes to my head. And the thought is, Shane, you've never lived for me a day in your life. It was directed at me. And I instantly knew this is God. Mm. So I've heard God through thoughts. I've heard God through visions and pictures um, it's, he speaks in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right, Shane, let me take a little break. Shane Winnings is my guest. His book is your next leap of faith, how to hear God's voice and boldly follow. Uh, we'll take a break and be right back. If you have a question or comment for Shane, 877-933-2484 is the text line. Hi, this is Bill Arnold. You might be the kind of person that goes to Paris and still listens to Faith Radio on the app. 
Or you might be more like the person that goes into the next room in your apartment and listens. The good news is, is using the app is just as easy in both places. Downloading the free app is crazy easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. And if you happen to be in Paris, there is a really nice little coffee shop not far from the Eiffel Tower that serves a really nice chocolate biscotti. Welcome to the show. Shane Winnings is my guest. His book is Your Next Leap of Faith. And we are always uh, wanting to hear God's voice and then boldly follow. And his story is quite bold. I I must say, Shane, as I uh, start to hear where the Lord has taken you, it sounds quite radical. I don't know if as many people, uh, you know, would be as open as you and your wife were to this radical transformation because you heard loud and clear to do what God had you to do. And in the course of 19 days, you put your house up, you sold it, and you moved across country without any financial support. Now, that's a pretty bold move. I think of Abraham when God said, I want you to set out and start start moving. He said, okay, where? God says, well, I'll tell you later. You know, okay. <laughs> I see a right. little bit of uh, similarities. You just uh, obeyed. You didn't talk to your friends for six months and... Uh, you know, start to think about it. You just did it. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm all for godly counsel and wisdom, and I have mentors. I've got spiritual fathers. I've got people that I, that I love and that I trust. But this was something that I just knew in my heart. Um, I don't need man's permission for this. Mm-hmm. That God has told me this directly. My wife is on board. And so we're doing it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who, if I believe that it's God, I don't want to give myself a chance to doubt. And so I usually will just try to obey as fast as I can before my flesh has a chance to get in the way. Mm-hmm. Question that just came in, Shane, is in being called out, did you feel condemned? I've heard God convicts, Satan condemns. How was your experience? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, it was it was conviction. Uh, I did not feel condemned. Um, you know, when when my friend called me out at dinner, uh, she said, "Shane, you know, I you think that you're this awesome um, wrestling coach? I coached high school wrestling. You think you're this awesome paratrooper? You think you're this great whatever worship drummer? You're not. And I'm not even sure that you're actually saved." You know, this is what she said to me. And, but she wasn't saying it to like put me down. She was saying what I needed to hear. And sometimes to get truth in you, you've got to get cut. And um, I was cut. And when I got home from, after that, she, she began to preach the gospel to me for like two hours. And it was, it was incredible. But then I went home and that's when the Lord came and spoke to me. And, and he like doubled down on what she said. And he said, Shane, you've never lived for me a day in your life. Mm. And I instantly got to reflect on every, it was like, it was like in a moment I could see my whole life from present day to, you know, past. And I could see every decision I had made 
God, I want to go to this college. Will you make it happen? God, I want this job. Will you make it happen? God, I want to buy this house. Will you make it happen? It was all about me. And God was my genie in a bottle that I would come to when I needed him to make something happen. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I didn't do it maliciously, but how many times, and you guys listening, examine yourself, how many times do we accidentally treat God as someone who is supposed to just manage and arrange our life so that it's awesome? Mm-hmm. And, and, and to that is not the Christian life. Yeah, and to arrange it in a way that's pleasing to us and makes us happy yes. and comfortable. Right, with no trials, no suffering, no fires. Yeah, we like that, don't we? Which Philippians, you know what I love is we we love to say all of God's promises are yes and amen. Well, let me drop a a quick little bomb here. One of God's promises is in Philippians 1. It says, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but to suffer for his sake. It has been granted to us to suffer in the name of Jesus. Granted, like a like a gift. That's mind-blowing to me. And so I just always remember when I'm banking on God's promises being true, that comes with suffering in his name. And, you know, the Christian life is not meant to be, you know, glassy seas and, and smooth sailing the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, yeah, that, that gospel doesn't work. Yeah. Shane, I don't know if you like collecting stories of people hearing God's voice. I've got it one. I'll make it quick. But as the yeah. host of a show, I don't like talking about myself. I like talking about my guests so and have them talk. But this is one of those moments where I, I have been a performer all of my life. And I was asked at the request of a friend to go down to the Salvation Army Adult Recovery Center on a December night and entertain the men there who were in need of a little holiday celebration. And I kicked and screamed and I thought of a hundred reasons why I couldn't do it. And I came up with 99. So I didn't come up with all hundred. So I finally agreed to do it. And I went down there and, and went and I thought this, I'm not very comfortable here at all. First of all, I don't go to a lot of uh, recovery centers, people trying to overcome drugs and alcohol. I've done a lot of prison ministry, but I was down there on a December night and I performed and I left. And as I'm walking out the door, I hear God saying to me, you need to come back next week as a volunteer. As loud in my head as I could hear it. I, I didn't uh-huh. hear I didn't hear an audible voice, but I said, I have to come back here as a volunteer next week. And I did. And that was 12 years ago. And wow. after being down there for about a year and some of the stories of transformation I heard, which were so amazing, I happened to know the program director at this Christian radio station, and I had lunch with him and I said, These stories are amazing. I think that they're worthy of being told on, on the radio. And he said, well, let's try it for eight weeks. And that was 11 years ago. So I've essentially ended oh, up wow. with kind of a career in radio because of me listening to God's voice that one night leaving the Salvation Army saying, go back next week as a volunteer. That's incredible. Way to be obedient too, man. I just want to I had honor no options. you and your guests. Your <laughs> Thanks. Yes. Thanks, Shane. I had no options though. I was, I have to, I had to be obedient in that moment. That's where I want people to get to. And I hope through this book, this will happen is I, I, I think I describe it as getting stuck. Like once you say yes to God, you know, two or three times, 
after that, the thought of ever saying no or being disobedient, it, it's it's like painful. It's sickening. And you you have no choice anymore. Um, I don't want a choice. I just want him to speak. And then I go, yes, sir. You know, I don't care if my flesh loves it or not. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes he'll ask me to do things like become an unpaid missionary. And my heart was to preach. And I was excited about that. But sometimes he'll ask me to do things I don't want to do. And I need to be just as excited in my spirit to obey my father, even if my flesh is not excited. And um, and so yeah, I hope this book will lead people to to get themselves stuck to where, look, I've said yes to God too many times. I can't say no now. And then you're just like that for the rest of your mm-hmm. life. You're just you're just constantly obeying because that's what you do as a Christian is you obey. Yeah. So Shane, let's just say your definition of going all in, let's just call that kind of radical. And that's not going to need to be the case for everybody hearing your message tonight and hearing Absolutely. us. When you hear God's voice going all in, doesn't mean selling your home in 19 days and moving across the country as an unpaid uh, preacher. So um, right. what does going all in truly mean? It means doing whatever God says when he says it. That's that's what it means. And okay. it will look different for every person. When I was a when I was a uh, in the police academy, like I said earlier, I desperately wanted to be a preacher. One, I wasn't ready. I was just very zealous. You know, I was still new in the Lord. But he told me to work hard where I was, and that's all he said. Yeah, he just said You're, it's not time. So for me, going all in at that moment was, you know, I I had an opportunity through one pastor to get into some kind of traveling circuit around the world preaching mm-hmm. and doing ministry that would have been disobedient even though i would be preaching the gospel mm-hmm. which is you know biblical that's not what god asked me yeah. to do mm-hmm. and so for anyone listening um it, it's like i don't know why but i'm randomly thinking of this analogy i remember when i was in the war um I was in Afghanistan in 2014, and uh, one of my friend's wives was messaging me uh, to ask, you know, what kind of care package I wanted. And she asked how my day went, and I said, oh, you know, it was it was good. We had this and this happen. And I said, well, how was your day? And she said, well, you know, it was nothing like yours. You know, I just did mom things around the house. And I, I felt bad in my spirit because I was like, you can't compare what you're doing right now with what I'm doing. Because I'm called to be here and I'm giving my all, but you are called to be at home right now and you are giving your all to your household and to your kids. Mm -hmm. And both of those are equally noble and honorable in the eyes of God. Amen. And so for anyone listening, you don't have to be the person on social media preaching. You don't have to be the person on the street corner. You don't have to be the missionary. What you have to be is whatever God has called you to be. Amen. Um, and, and you know what that is in your heart. You yeah. know if God has provoked you to do something and you've been dragging your feet, um, it's time. It's time to jump in and be obedient. Mm-hmm. Shane, let's let's review Abraham a little bit just because I, I got on that mindset and I, I find this really to be a fascinating exchange. God basically says, I mean, I'm going to send you out, almost like the way you heard. And Abraham goes, where? And God says, well, I'll tell you later. Just go. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you when you get there. Yeah, and then God says, i tell you what, I'll give you some land. Abraham says, where? God says, eh, I'll tell you later. Just wander. Right. And then God says, I'm going to give you a child. And Abraham says, how? And God says, "Mm, 
tell you later. Just wait. Yeah. And then he has a son. And God says, I want you to sacrifice your child. Abraham says, right. why? I promise. And God says, I'll tell you later. <laughs> this Gosh, is a man of obedience. A right. There, there was nothing about his his circumstance or his or life's difficulties that kept him back from obeying God and getting through right. whatever he had to get through. It's a great story. And when when I hear you, I, I'm just I don't know why Abraham's story kind of triggered when I thought you just got up and left. That's about as modern day Abraham as you can get. Man, you know what? That's an honor to even be mentioned. You know, with Abraham, and that is. That's available for every Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the goal. He is. He was like a forerunner for us. And then Jesus came. Jesus was a better Abraham. He was a better Noah. He was a better Amen. Moses. He was a better Adam. We have this example of what it looks like to be radically obedient. Philippians 2 tells us that Jesus was obedient to the point of death, yes. even the death of the cross. Yes. Then it says, therefore, he was highly exalted and given the name above every name. And so what happens, the Philippians 2 model is the model for us as Christians. Jesus came and he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. So first is humility, and then comes radical obedience, and then God will exalt you. Mm -hmm. And that is why the Bible teaches that God opposes the proud, but he does what to the humble, right? He gives grace and he... He, he's able to lift you up because you're not trying to lift yourself up. And so for any Christian listening, this is the model. It first is humility, and it's saying, Lord, you know better than I. And then step two, whatever he asks you to do, you do it. And it's okay to not want to do it in your flesh. I mean, Jesus prayed and said, look, if there's any other way, but your will be done. And then step three is just allowing God to be magnified in your life. And I'll tell you, it is, it's been the hardest seven years of my life following the Lord, and it has been the most joyful, peaceful, uh, blessed, the most incredible seven years of my life. I wouldn't trade it for anything, and I can't wait to see what God has for us Yeah, next. you forgot the word thrilling. I think that's in there too. Thrilling, yeah. Isn't that safe to Absolutely. say? It's thrilling, isn't it? Absolutely, every day. Uh, yeah, Shane Winnings is my guest. His book is Your Next Leap of Faith, How to Hear God's Voice and Boldly Follow. We're going to take a break. If you have a question or comment for Shane, let me know, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time, let's get it started. Jump in your car, what's for dinner? It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. The very compelling story you're hearing today is from Shane Winnings. He's a, a military veteran and a former law enforcement officer, but today he's an evangelist, and he serves as the president of Overcomers Incorporated. He hosts the top-ranked Pursuing Jesus podcast and reaches millions through his YouTube channel every week. You can learn more about him at shanewinnings.com. His book is called Your Next Leap of Faith, How to Hear God's Voice and Boldly Follow. You know, I'm a little curious, Shane, about your, your military because you had brought that up being in Afghanistan and all. And I think yeah. you had uh, obviously some some wounds from war. Uh, did you... 
Did you lose close friends? What was it like? Did you ever hit a period of depression or a downward spiral? Yeah, you know, um, thankfully, all of the guys that I went with, we brought back. Oh, fantastic. Um, But we did lose uh, one kid, younger kid that was attached to us. So like, basically, you know, you'll go over there with your guys. And then there's people who are already there that might join you for missions or for different work like that. And so we had a unit attached to us. And um, one of those kids got blown up. And um, I didn't know him. But just the, you know, I I think the repeated exposure to traumatic things, really, you know, I've always coped with it well, in the moment, I've always dealt with it, uh, and processed it in the moment. But there's certain things that I think don't hit you until later. You know, um, a lot of times, and maybe some vets who are listening, you know, who've been to combat, you can understand what I'm saying, you don't really realize how kind of weird or messed up you might be until you try to talk to other people who haven't been there. And you'll say something kind of casually that is like horrific, you know, to a civilian. And you're like, oh, that's, that's actually not normal, you know? Um, and, and I found that out as a cop as well. But the difference was when I was in the army, I wasn't born again. And so when I got home from the war, I began to notice you know, PTSD setting in. And it was weird because I was always very mentally tough. But now it's like my body was betraying me. Like I would be in public and all of a sudden my body would just get an adrenaline dump and I would start to panic in my body, even though mentally I was very aware that like I'm in America, I'm safe, you know, there's nothing going on. And it's strange how when that happens uh, alongside, you know, um, just some personal traumatic things that I had gone through. I did lose a best friend, not in the war. I lost him in a car accident after the war. All of that stuff compounding, you know, led me into a very dark place where I didn't want to be alive anymore. And the fact that I was drinking and partying and all of this stuff, it didn't help. Mm -hmm. And so when the Lord came, and, and this is what's really interesting to me, when the Lord came and he convicted me that day, I was at a place where I didn't want to be alive anymore. Hmm, and so wow. you would think, yeah, you you would think that like God would show up and give me a hug and tell me I've tried my best and he's got a better life for me and, you know, it's okay. That's not what he said to me. The first thing he said was, you've never lived for me one day in your whole life. Hmm. Now, why would God say that to a person who doesn't want to be alive anymore? Because he's getting to the heart of the issue. The reason I didn't want to be alive anymore is because I had made life all about me. And now I'm unhappy with how it's going. And so instead of coddling me, he spoke truth. Because when you're in a pit, you don't need a hug. You need truth to get you out of a rut, out of a lie. And I'd been living a lie. So God came and he convicted me. He showed me the actual way to life, which is through Jesus Christ, the narrow path. And I began to see traumatic stress and PTSD and depression and all these things fall away the closer I got to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Shane Winnings is my guest. Shane, what do you think holds people back from going all in for God? I think I've got Um, my my guess, but I want to hear you. I would say the two biggest ones that come to mind are comfort and fear of man. Mm -hmm. Number one, comfort is 
you know, how can I obey God when, you know, I might have to give up some stuff. I might have to give up the American dream. I might have to. And the second one, fear of man is, well, what would people think? What if it doesn't work? What if I look dumb? You know, it's our reputation. And um, the easiest way to overcome those things is just to die, to die to yourself, to die to your ego. Philippians 2, again, I will quote that all night. Jesus considered himself of no reputation. We need to consider ourselves of no reputation because a servant is no greater than his master. And so if our Lord and Savior could come down from heaven and become a baby and go through, you know, life and puberty and all these crazy things when he is a king, surely we can lay down our comfort to obey the one who saved us from hell. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's obviously different levels of going all in. Uh, I love your version of going all in, uh, quitting your job, becoming a traveling preacher or missionary. Um, yeah. But for many people, going all in m- might look different, and that's something we want to celebrate and say, yes. uh, way to go for listening to what God is telling you to do. Maybe God is Absolutely. telling you to do something and you know it to be true, and you're still not willing to act on it, how do we get through that uh, sticking point? Yeah, you know, you have to peel back the reason that you're saying no. Mm, okay. Um, you, you have to go, you have to be true in your assessment of yourself. And this is what's great about the Holy Spirit is he'll convict you without anybody else in the room or you could be in a crowd of 100,000, the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you're the only one who knows, but you feel exposed. Um, you have to be able to be self-aware enough and be honest with yourself. You you can try to fool yourself all day, but you will never fool yourself. You could fool other people. You can't fool yourself because you have to live with yourself, and you can't fool God. And so anyone who's listening and you haven't obeyed the voice of the Lord, There's no condemnation on you, but you're walking outside of what God wants for you. And so I want to encourage you to sit down after you listen to this interview and just say, why have I not obeyed God? What is keeping me from obeying God? And run down the reasons. Is it because you're afraid that it might not work out? Okay, well, you have to take a leap of faith. You got to just trust God. Um, it's not faith if God shows you every single step of the plan and there's a guarantee and there's a safety net if it doesn't work out. Like faith is believing in something that we can't see. Uh, so maybe it's that. Maybe it's, you know, you're worried about what people will think. I mean, th- the list goes on, but it starts with having an honest view of yourself and what has kept you and then confronting that thing head on. Mm-hmm. So, when you want to be, when you are listening to God's call in your life and you're saying yes to being obedient, do you, when you say get down, get, get, get into a truthful conversation with yourself, can you recognize yeah. in, in, your, in your introspection that I know God has asked me to do um, something as simple as reach out to my coworker who once asked me about something spiritual, and I never got back to them. That's mm-hmm. almost being disobedient in the sense that I have not followed through on something. Is that is that something that you're trying to reconcile in your times of introspection? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, it's anything that God's asked you to do. Okay. I remember um, one one of my friends had uh, heard my testimony and had seen me post online, and he said, Shane, the Lord has asked me to go to Bible college for years, and I keep putting it off. Okay. And every time I see your videos, I get convicted, and I need to start going to Bible college. And he enrolled. That's awesome. Um, and so it, it could be something that small. And I have a, I have a good example if I've got a minute to share like a two-minute story. Um, probably um, after the break, because if it's a two-minute okay, story, do that. we'll wait, and we'll come back with Shane Winnings. He's my guest. Your Next Leap of Faith, How to Hear God's Voice and Boldly Follow. That's the name of his book. We'll be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting myfaithradio.com. Okay, Shane. Shane Winnings is my guest. His book is Your Next Leap of Faith, and he's got some stories to tell, a couple of good ones. Let's hear them, Shane. Yeah, so we were talking about what does it look like to be obedient and to to go all in for God. Yep. Um, you know, for me, I didn't wake up and one day I just said yes to the Lord to be a missionary. This was, you know, five years into my walk with, with the Lord where I had been obedient along the way, you know, little things that he'd asked me to do. Um, I'm in public and there's trash on the ground and I'd have a thought, Shane, you should pick that trash up. You know, it's just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I find that many people want to do radical things for God, but they don't want to do the mundane things for God. Interesting. And so it starts with a lifestyle, a culture in your home and in your own heart of being obedient. But I wanted to share this story. I've shared it online. I think it has like seven or eight million views on YouTube. Um, this is a radical story. And so listen, listen up closely. If you want to live a radical life for God, this story is going to inspire you. Um, this is a true story. I wish I knew this girl's name, but she travels the world preaching. And one night she was at a, uh, before she began all this preaching, she was at a small group. Many of you might attend a small group. And she said, Lord, I want to be closer to you. I want to hear your voice. I want to obey you. I don't know how to, how to get more from you. You know, have you ever asked yourself that, like, or asked God that, God, how do I give you more? How do I get closer to you? So she says, I know for the next 30 days, anything that you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. I don't care how crazy it is or how weird, as long as it's not illegal, unethical, or immoral, because we know God would never ask you to do that. Mm-hmm. She says, as long as it's not one of those things, I'm just going to go for it in faith. And so she leaves the small group. She's driving home and she gets to a red light. She looks over. And, you know, like we do at Red Lights, just looking around, she sees a 7-Eleven and she gets a picture in her mind of her standing on her head in the middle of the store, (laughs) which is kind of bizarre, you know? Kind of bizarre. And so what most of us would do is, you know, you kind of shake your head and shake the thought off. Yeah. And so she does that. And she says she was going, you know, looking back at the light, waiting for it to turn green. And a thought comes to her head. I thought you said you would do anything. Hmm. And so she knows right away, oh my gosh, this is the Lord. So she pulls over, 
She goes, she's fighting her flesh, but she goes into this 7-Eleven anyways. She stands on her head and all of a sudden she hears screaming and crying. And she gets up and there is an employee who just came out of the back room. And she's crying and screaming her head off. And the girl is like, what? What is happening? And she said, I was just in the back praying. And I said, Lord, I need to know if you're real. I can feel the Lord right now. She said, send someone in this store to stand on their head or I will kill myself after oh, work tonight. Okay. That's pretty crazy. That is, that's one of the most radical things I've ever heard. Yeah. This girl got saved that night. And think about this, the girl who was obedient, what do you think happened to her? God used her in that way, and she's forever messed up in the best way possible. <laughs> so I want to ask you who are listening, how many lives could you save, change for an eternity, even your own, if you just say yes to even the craziest little thing that God might ask you to do? Mm-hmm. How would you know that God's asking you to do that? That's where I would say, hmm, that sounds uh, not wise. That sounds, it sounds a little kooky. Well, no, it sounds more than kooky. <laughs> you know, so I, I remember yes, being in an airport it. once and I looked over and a woman was standing on her head in the airport. And I thought, are you a gymnast? Are you, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> what are you doing? And I snapped a picture of her um, <laughs> with my cell phone because I thought no one's going to believe this. Um, right. But I don't think anyone was coming to faith in Christ as a result of that. But I, I do find those stories to be head scratchers. Like, I don't know what to do with those, Shane. Right. Here's what I will say. The, the, this isn't a, a formula, right? Like, right. This doesn't mean go out to your local 7-Eleven and stand on your head and see what happens. This woman, and, and this is about my life and many people's lives, we we can't tell you 100% I heard the Lord. We You might hear us talk and we'll say, I think, I feel like, I believe I heard the Lord. And so I'm going in faith. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that can happen is I look weird, right? right? But this girl, she said, I will do anything you ask me to do. She has that thought. She goes to shake it off. And then she has another thought. I thought you told me you'd do anything. Mm-hmm. Now, either she's schizophrenic or God is speaking to her mm-hmm. or she's just having a random thought. Who right. knows? Right. But you have to go out and test the word in faith. And here's what I think keeps most people. They allow themselves to ask the question, well, what if it isn't God? Okay, well, let me ask you this, because if you ask that, you'll never do it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you ask this? What if it is God? Right. No, I like that. What's yeah. the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about it. I'm all about, you know, I, I heard a testimony from a, a, a guy that I really respect. And he said he was at a street corner and all of a sudden he had the urge to yell at the woman across the crosswalk. It's not your fault. And so he yelled at her. It's not your fault. And she began weeping and he crossed the street and went over there and she and he said, what's going on? And she said, I just got out of a. I just left an abusive relationship. Literally, I just walked out. Wow. And I was thinking to myself, it is all your fault. Mm, wow. And he got to share the gospel with her. I mean, th- these are the things that are possible if we're just willing to look like fools for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then I love the story that I heard Tim Keller talk about when he planted a Redeemer in New York City in the 80s. And, and he 
said that there he saw a need, so he's going to go plant a church. And everybody said to him, wow, God must have really laid on your heart to do this. And he said, no, I just saw a need. And I thought, I'm going to go plant a church, and if it fails, God is going to teach me something through this. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. That reminds me of the quote, uh, some were sent and some just went. (laughs) I love that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes we just see a need, and and we don't don't know what God has in in store, but we're going to go try to meet a need because we feel compelled to do it. And I think that's the prompting of the Holy Spirit as well. Yes, and there's there's wisdom and there's practical knowledge. Like, if I'm outside of a taco shop and there's a guy there and he's begging, do I need to pray about what to give him and be led by the Holy Spirit, or should I maybe just go inside and get him a a, a taco? Sure. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's there's times that we want to feel led. But there's so many people that never do anything because they, quote unquote, don't feel led. And I love what uh, Dan Moeller and and Tom Rotolo, they would teach in their events called City Quake. They would give the people who were going out to do street evangelism a little piece of lead. And they said, put this in your pocket. And when you pass someone, if you don't feel led to pray for them, just reach into your pocket and feel some lead. (laughs) He said, we're all led to to reach out and to spread the gospel. You don't have to be inspired by the Holy Spirit to go pray for someone. Um, if if you only wait to be inspired to do something, you might never do anything. Yeah, so true, Shane. That's a great encouragement to all of us. Uh, great story. God's got a hold of you, no doubt, and he's using you in powerful ways. Thank you Thank for you so uh, coming on the show and, and speaking so boldly about what God's doing in your life and how have you responded. It's an inspiration to all of us. Thank you. It's It's been a real honor, and I appreciate uh, this opportunity. And thanks, everyone, for listening and for the questions. Thank you for that humility. Have a great rest of the evening, and thanks for being on the show. You too. Thank you. you. Bet. Shane Winnings has been my guest. You can learn more about him at shanewinnings.com. His book is Your Next Leap of Faith, How to Hear God's Voice and Boldly Follow. That's our show for the day. I've enjoyed my guests. I've loved your company. I hope you've enjoyed spending time with me because I love you and I hope you have a wonderful night. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.